The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. Happy Independence Day, everybody. Fourth of July this week. We want to celebrate our independence, the freedom that we have in this country because we rejected tyranny. We rejected authoritarianism. I don't know how long that's going to stay off because it looks like we're starting to embrace it again. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Yes, we are starting to embrace ideas of tyranny and ideas of authoritarianism back into our nation with the rise of this democratic socialism movement, you know, and the fact that we had an interesting situation happen in Portland over the weekend, and that was the Antifa riots again. I guess there was a Patriot's Prayer march. It always happens on the weekend up there. And of course, Antifa just gets carte blanche to go out and just beat the living snot out of anybody, you know, because there's nothing illegal about aggravated assault. I mean, what what are people thinking? There's nothing wrong with that. Little milkshake on the back. Well, guess what? Andy Neo, or Andy No, he is the editor of Quillet, he is a journalist. He is a gay, uh, I think he's Vietnamese, uh, individual. He was attacked over the weekend. He was targeted, and now he's in the hospital with a brain bleed. Now, if you are of the compassionate, charitable type, you can go to Michelle Malcolm's Twitter page. She has a link posted for Andy's uh, GoFundMe, which is doing quite well because his, his equipment was broken. He's in the hospital. His hospital bills have got to be enormous. But they're out there, first off, they're out there saying that right-wing activist aggravated the whole thing, and they don't, even, they, don't, they don't even reference the fact that Antifa is on the left. This was actually CBS News. Clashes between right-wing demonstrators and Antifa turn into civil disturbance in Portland. No, it was people who uh, are marching for freedom. They were just out there having a march. Well, they were attacked by a left-wing group. And we've talked about Antifa here, if you followed me. If you're new to the program, we'll give you some quick overviews on Antifa. But they're throwing milkshakes, and that's the new protest move over in Britain. And you know the Brexit people were throwing milkshakes at them. But what they've done is they've stepped it up a notch. They've decided to... Put quick drying concrete mix in there. Yeah. The concrete mix, you know, when you put it together, turns hot. It's a chemical reaction. And you're launching this chemical Molotov cocktail of soy, vanilla, coconut, milk, or whatever, and and concrete at somebody. And so Andy was hurt pretty badly. He was beaten. A lot of other people were beaten, too. But that's, you know, they're fighting fascism, guys. They're fighting fascism. Never mind the fact that if anyone ever gets beaten or talked about being beaten or even just slightly criticized in the news media, well, that is that is a blatant act against the Constitution and our freedom. 
You guys just beat up a gay minority journalist. Quillette is not a conservative publication. Now, it's a good publication. I've read quite a few things from it on the show, but it's not a conservative publication by any means. Now, this is what the Portland police put out. Police have received information that some of the milkshakes thrown today during the demonstration contain quick-drying cement. We are encouraging anyone hit with the substance today to report it to the police. See, that's the problem. The police aren't engaging. Does anyone not remember what happened here in, in Charlottesville? That was their big watershed moment. That was their uh, battle of Bull Run. That was their, uh, um, you know, that was their big Gettysburg, I guess. Well, what happened was you had these incels. <laughs> I mean, these guys probably haven't been on a date in, in probably 10 years. They're dressed in white. They decide to get these Home Depot tiki torches, the citronella torches, and they're going to march around. And everybody's like, oh, look, that's the rise of the neo-Nazis. Oh, yeah, there was like 10 of them. I don't even know. I mean, there, there might have been Richard Spencer there. I don't know. But Antifa shows up. Now, the interesting details of the fact that, first off, Governor Terry McAuliffe, Bill Clinton's buddy, he decided, hey, state police, you guys can stand down on this one. Back off of this one a bit. So the state police are told to stand down. The mayor does nothing and tells local police to stand down. The vice mayor is an Antifa advocate. So all levels of justice have been reined back. And then when Antifa does show up and things start to get violent, the police decide, hey, let's go ahead and uh, steer you guys back over to a safe place. Oh, wait a minute. It's a trap. We walked you into a trap. That's right. They closed the roads down that would have given them escape. And they moved them dead on into Antifa's thug squad. The vigilante thug squad fighting fascism by emitting fascism. So basically, they ran them right into each other and everything went ape, you know what? Everything exploded. And in fact, the one guy who ran over uh, Heather Hare, I think her name was, or something like that, um, who ended up killing that girl, I, I really think there was, there was this running meme during that time period. All of it stemmed back from the whole Black Lives Matter uh, protest on the bridges and you know, down in Ferguson and in Baltimore where people were like, you know what? You get in the front of my car, I'm running you down. I think that's what this guy did. I don't think he was getting in the car and going, I'm going to kill me some Antifa. I think those people got in his way. He was scared. I'm not making excuses for him, but the, the, the message was out there to drive straight through at any cost. Hopefully they'll get out of the way, and they didn't. And so we're dealing with a situation here that's very similar because Portland has allowed Antifa to stop cars, on stop, stop traffic, basically deny some people access to certain roadways because of their political views. How crazy is that? That's not fascistic or anything. And then, speaking of Portland, popular mobilization. This is some... Twitter uh, output. They said, we here folks are dying to know what's in our delicious vegan shakes today. We are happy to share our secret recipe 
but you have to follow it exactly to get the desired results. In honor of the 50th anniversary, we are calling it the Stonewall Shake. And we'll get into Stonewall here in just a second. So they say, start with a group of cute queers in booty shorts. Procure industrial immersion blenders, 30 gallons of coconut-based ice cream, a thousand hand-stamped cups, lovingly stamped by cute queers. Important step. Yeah, don't, you know, don't bogart the queers. Don't go light on those. <laughs> 15 gallons of cashew milk and a butt-ton of buckets. And most importantly, rainbow sprinkles. Combine two parts ice cream to one part cashew milk and blend it until it reaches your desired consistency. Then adorn them with the aforementioned sprinkles and send them to our to your to nourish your amazing, fabulous, re, uh, resilient community. As one happy customer said, "These milkshakes are so good; they're subversive." Our event was hilarious, fun, and sweet—a perfect alternative to the sour hatred of alt-right vigilantism that's poisoned the public life in, in Portland for far too long. We danced, laughed, drank delicious vegan shakes, and won't be deterred from standing up against hate. Yeah. Well, they also didn't leave. They, they left out the greatest ingredient, and that was the quick-drying cement that they decided to put in there. And left-wing journalists were praising Andy Ngo getting beat. Now, Andy Ngo, the thing about him, the reason why they don't like him is because he has actively put out information against their narratives. He's not doing it to be an activist. He's going to these events, and he's given a view of what's going on. And he's done threads on on how uh, transgender people were making claims that they were, you know, receiving hate crimes. And he debunked tons of those, showing that that is a narrative and it is a lie. He did the same thing with with uh, Trump supporters attacking people, showing that people were attacking themselves or spray painting themselves or, you know, hate criming themselves and trying to blame it on on Trump people. They were pulling Jesse Smollett's. Now, you know, if a bunch of MAGA hat kids just sat outside a bus stop waiting for their bus out there by the uh, Lincoln Memorial and they get they get infringed upon by black Hebrews telling them that they're evil and a Native American Indian guy come rolling up beating a drum in someone's face who got the blame that was the mega hat people in the journal uh, journalist class that's why you're not hearing anything about Andy Neo because he's not of the right political affiliation he may even still vote politically along their lines as a liberal. But guess what? Because he is uncovering the lie of their narrative, he is now somebody that is persona non grata and we have to destroy him. Sponsor for this portion of the program is Atron Teal. It's a crazy name with incredible results. It's far more than just good for your bloating and gut health. Atron Teal was developed by a board certified gastroenterologist, Proven to deliver relief from bloating and symptoms related to IBS in over four out of five people. You know, athletes need over a thousand milligrams of polyphenols a day. And Entron Teal is made from the most potent polyphenol blend. So it's perfect for all you athletes out there. But it's not only just for athletes. It delivers 250 milligrams of polyphenols per capsule. And the polyphenol blend that is NSF certified for sport, which means... That if you're an athlete, you can trust that all of those statements have been verified and all the ingredients in it are clean. It's powerful, uh, modeled after the Mediterranean diet, great for anti-aging, 
Atron Teal. If you go to lovemytummy.com slash mojo right now and you use the Slade code, type in Slade, it will give you $15 off the retail price of $89.99. So go to lovemytummy.com slash mojo, use the promo code Slade, get the $15 off the price, and get your gut back in check. So getting back to Annie Nyo and what happened to him, it's it's crazy because they want to base it on this Stonewall 50 thing that was the big moment of great moments in revolutionary history. New York Pride had also a march that same weekend, and they marched in the street for Stonewall 50. Well, you got to find out what Stonewall 50 was really about before you can figure out what it, what's going on because their big hero is Marsha P. Johnson. Now, Marsha P. Johnson, interesting thing about that individual is the affiliations with this person. Marsha P. Johnson is a, he died back in 1992, was an American gay liberation activist and self-identified drag queen. Known as an outspoken advocate for gay rights, Johnson was one of the prominent figures in the Stonewall Uprising of 1969, a founding member of the Gay Liberation Front. <laughs> Doesn't sound communist at all, does it? Johnson co-founded the Gay and Transvestite Advocacy Organization Star, Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, alongside of close friend Sylvia Rivera. Popular figure in New York City's gay and art scene, Johnson modeled for Andy Warhol and performed on stage with drag performances, the troupe Hot Peaches. <laughs> hot Peaches. Hmm, so hot. <laughs> Known for decades as... Welcoming the, a welcoming presence in the streets of Greenwich Village, Johnson was known as the mayor of Christopher Street. He died of a suicide. Um, he had mental health issues. Imagine that. Yeah, he had mental health issues. He had a break back in 1970, had his first mental breakdown, and uh, apparently they ruled his death a suicide. After a 1992 Pride Parade, they found his body discovered floating in the Hudson River, although you know, community members insisted it was not suicidal and that it was, you know, it was an attack. But they have basically centered everything that happened, Antifa riots, all that on this Stonewall 50. Now, the interesting part of Stonewall 50, the Stonewall Inn was a gay, gay club and they allowed transgenders and they allowed um, they allowed drag queens and what have you to go into this bar. And then it was raided by the police. Now they're trying to make it seem like it was this black lives matter, gay lives matter event where the oppressive police yet again came in and started attacking and they stood up and they violently held sway and they, they fought for their liberation. Well, this is actually from the history channel or history.com. Although the police were legally justified in raiding the club, which was serving liquor without a license, among other violations, New York's gay community had grown weary of the police department targeting gay clubs, many of which had already been closed. That's when the whole fight broke out, 4 a.m. in New York, and it spilled out into the neighboring streets. And it was, it was basically, this is supposedly the big moment that, 
changed everything in the gay community. But it sounds to me like there was a lot of communists involved. It sounds to me like I'm not a fan of licensures, but if you, you know, it's local. It's New York City. It's local ordinance. If your city council decided to put into effect an ordinance that you have to have a license to sell liquor, well, guess what happens when you don't? You get raided by the cops. <laughs> That's what typically happens. So I think this is getting it, it's getting too much attention in one manner and not enough of the truth about the situation is being put out. And they're doing that for a reason. Yet again, this is all just to make it look as though gays are oppressed and this is why we need to fight. And this is what, you know, if you go back to my last couple shows, I've been kind of talking about a digital Antifa, the removal of conservative voices, the fact that they think anyone critical of the homosexual community is violating human rights and civil rights. And so they can effectively be justified in removing them. The thing that you have to realize with that is this is no different. These people that are out there throwing milkshakes that are in mask, many of them are of the gay community, of the LGBTQRS plus quilt bag, douchebag, whatever the crew. They're the ones out there instigating all of this. And it's no different than the Vox reporter making a stink with YouTube to pull Steven Crowder down. It's no different. These are all the same people. The fact that they're gay means is, is a side note. The fact that they're militant and they're using their sexuality to be justified in their militancy, that is the real problem. And that's why I was saying, I don't have a problem. You do whoever you want to do. You know, I mean, just don't do it in front of me. <laughs> be, don't do it in front of my kids. But it's your lifestyle. I don't need to know about it. That's between you and God. But don't sit there and attack the cake baker. Don't sit there and attack somebody who's providing objective journalism, putting them in the hospital with life-threatening injuries. Don't sit there and, and pull people who have made a living off of speaking their mind and are not doing it in a way that you think is hateful, although you believe it is, and you're basically depersoning these people, economically attacking these people, running them out of the, out of the public square. And that's what we're dealing with here. And it's no different. The holy month of, of Homodon is over, thank God. But the lasting effects of what they're doing, they're basically taking another, another movement similar to the race, racial movements in the 60s and what have you, and they're weaponizing it. And the underlying, underlining theme is anti-Americanism. It's communism. Communism, again, knows no borders. So that's why they're out there fighting the detention centers down at the border. Never mind the fact that the G20, the G20 was filled this, not this year. I'm not sure about this year, but in the past with Antifa people, they caused riots and then they met with ISIS. Yes, they met with ISIS leaders, people affiliated with Antifa. Not only did they do that recently, it's been discovered that they tried to gain weapons from the Mexican cartels down at the border so they can start a border issue. And now there's another issue at hand. An Antifa supporter is threatening to acid attack attendees of the demand free speech rally coming up this weekend. They put threats on social media saying we already have muratic acid, wax and balloons. I just want to toss as many balloons of muratic acid in the face 
of as, as many Proud Boys as I can. He is going to do an acid attack, similar to what, you know, Islamic terrorists do over there in, in Europe. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. So we have to really look at the fact that these people are pushing us to the Civil War. It's not us. You know, now it's going to stop with us. I hate to be that way because most of us either have a military background. Most of us adhere to the Constitution and enjoy our Second Amendment rights of protection. Most of us were the quiet type that when someone snaps, we're going to be the sheepdog. We're going to step up and protect the person being oppressed. And that may not work out for you, Antifa, but we've only got so many cheeks to turn. Before we're out of cheeks. Combat flip-flops, bad for running, worse for fighting. Combat flip-flops is a veteran-owned company that funds education and demoning. Everything combat flip-flops manufactures is made in an area of conflict or post-conflict, like Afghanistan, Colombia, Laos. And you can check out more about combat flip-flops by checking out the TED Talk by Combat Flip-Flops CEO Matt Griffin on YouTube. You can also use the promo code SLADE25 and you will get 25% off of your first purchase. Go to CombatFlipFlops.com. That's CombatFlipFlops.com. Now, you know who else was at the G20 along with Antifa who were meeting with ISIS leaders? Bill de Blasio. Wilhelm, what was his name? What did he go by? William Wilhelm, the Groundhog Slayer. If you remember Groundhog's Day, the mayor of New York, Bill de Blasio, Democratic uh, party presidential candidate, he dropped the, the groundhog, broke the groundhog's neck, and the groundhog later died. I think it was a woodchuck. I don't know. But here's the thing. The guy has a background that is very communist, to say the least, backing Sandinistas, backing the communist uh, militants in Latin America, and listen to him when he's at this airport, given his rally, he decides, yeah, you know what? Let me quote Che Guevara. Great idea. Yeah, that's Bill de Blasio. William Wilhelm, the Groundhog Slayer. Yeah, he's a communist. <laughs> I mean, a straight-up communist. And it's funny because he also supported the Sandinistas. I think I said that earlier. He was also at the G20 in Germany along with Antifa, who were rioting and burning cars and what have you. And actually, the radical wing of the Democrat Party is straight-up communist now. They are like Bill Ayers, but with like a political background. <laughs> I mean... Think about it. Pete Buttigieg's father, who was a professor who pushed communism. Bernie Sanders went to the Soviet Union for his honeymoon and praised the Sandinistas as well. And whenever you hear those wanting to fight for the, the workers like Elizabeth Warren and Kirsten Gillibrand spout off about, understand that's code for communism. Just like fighting for democracy isn't really an American fight like they frame it. It's actually a fight for communism because... It's direct democracy. They're not fighting for constitutional republic. They don't, they don't think that you know the nuances between what we have as a constitutional republic versus what a direct democracy or mob rule is, which is the beginning of 
the move to communism, you know, or so, or socialism of some type, nationalism, whatever. I mean, they just want you to be fooled by the rhetoric. Oh, we're a democracy. So democracy dies in darkness and, you know, we got to fight for our democracy and even the organization responsible for connecting all of these decentralized organizations to fight against conservatism, to be Antifa-styled nonprofit 504 C, uh, 501C4s, that's Democracy Alliance. They oversee Media Matters, Color for Change, all of those organizations that are being used in a decentralized manner. The way Antifa is decentralized with little pockets and cells everywhere that they can show up and attack, they have a central meeting area. They're not governed by them, but they have a central meeting area, Crime I Think. Go look that up, crimeithink.com. Same thing with Democracy Alliance, Media Matters. Anything that is to be used as a weapon against conservatism is all going to be located there. So when you hear them talk about democracy, they're not talking about democracy. They're straight-up communist. Watch it at the next rally. Back in a moment. This is Adrian Slade. The Adrian Slade Broadcast. Welcome back. I want to start out this next segment. Since we've been talking about Andy Ngo and what, and what Andy Ngo has been dealing with, with Antifa and the attacks that were levied upon him, it's a lengthy uh, interview. It's about four minutes, five minutes long. But I want you to hear this uh, interview that he gave with CNN because it's really telling and it gets into a lot of the stuff the, that he can display on Antifa. This morning, there are serious questions about security in Portland after a journalist was attacked there while documenting violent protests between anti-fascist protesters and members of several far-right groups. Joining me now is Andy No. You saw him there in the video. He suffered serious injuries at the hands of some Antifa protesters. Andy, just tell me what happened. I, as a journalist, was covering a protest organized by Antifa activists, and the event was billed as resisting fascist violence, but as a journalist of color and a gay man, I ended up in the hospital covering that event with a brain hemorrhage. A brain hemorrhage. How are you doing this morning? What are your injuries? I, I'm glad to be out of the hospital. Uh, I'm surprised that various times um, I'm having these cognitive hiccups that weren't really apparent to me um, from just laying in bed in a hospital, but now that I'm trying to return to more normal activities. Um, they're becoming uh, more apparent. Um, you were out there covering this. Again, it was, there was some kind of Proud Boys and they're sort of white nationalists. And there was the Antifa counter-protest against them. It was the Antifa protesters whom you've had issues with before. They're the ones who came after you, you say? Yes, they're the ones who came after me. I think this country rightfully is very tuned to knowing and sensing when the right goes too far. It was only just days ago that James Fields was sentenced mm -hmm. for his murder of Heather Heyer. I wonder if the rest, if this country though is also tuned to when the left can go too far. And in the city of Portland, 
it's become a hotbed for far left militancy and it's always been my goal to just go in and to document these protests in a professional manner and for that I was deemed to be a provocateur and deserving of the mob beating. Let me read you actually something that Professor Brian Levin said. I read this in the paper today and he knows of you and he's been covering Antifa for some time. He says of you, he, Andy Ngo, is a political pundit who certainly makes the most out of his conflicts which sometimes turn violent on him, but to his credit, I've never seen him be the physical aggressor in the posts that he's made generally. Do you think that's an accurate description from the professor of what you do and how you cover Antifa? When I cover Antifa, I'm just showing what happens. And I appreciate that Professor Levin is honest in pointing out that I am never the one to be aggressive and to promote physical confrontation. This disinformation campaign going on by Antifa and their allies that I came there to provoke a response. If anybody has evidence that I acted unprofessionally, I ask that you make that public for the record. Who do you blame? Obviously the people who attacked you, uh, those demonstrators we saw hitting you and in some cases spraying things on you. I know there were milkshakes being thrown there to blame, but who else do you blame for this? What was surreal as I was getting beat is that I could actually still see the Multnomah County Justice Center and that houses some of the most important institutions of law in Portland. It has the Sheriff's Office, it has the Central Police Precinct, it has courthouses. And at, I just kept thinking at any moment after the first punch to the back of my head that police were going to swoop in and save me. Mm -hmm but it never happened. The punches kept coming and as I stumbled away on my own and bloodied, I thought at any point the police would come to me then and that didn't happen either. So yeah, he was just out there as he normally does, filming the event, exposing what's going on, letting the viewer make up its mind and he was considered, well, you're persona non grata, we're going to attack you because you are basically showing to the public what we truly and really are. And so people like Michelle Malcolm came to his defense and supported him and set up a GoFundMe page, which is still going off. I mean, good for him. And I think his lawyer is talking about suing the, uh, the, you know, the city of Portland, which rightfully so, the police never came to his aid. I mean, if he's a citizen there, he's paying taxes, and they're you know, slated to protect and serve. Yeah, you may have a lawsuit there. What's interesting is there's another group who is yeah, a little miffed that Michelle Malkin decided she was going to come to the aid of Annie No and set up a, a GoFundMe. Yeah, this is the organization known as CARE. See, I bring that up because people keep forgetting CARE and the communist are working together just like they did in, you know, at the end of World War II. You know, you got the Ottoman Empire. A lot of the people that were ex-German, uh, you know, Nazis, they fled there and gave support. The Soviet Union, even though they fought them in Afghanistan, there was times where they worked together. Communism and radical Islam have similar goals. 
They may not align on everything. And really, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, radical Islam will turn and try to attack communism because of its exploitation of the Catholic Church. You know, Russia has exploited the Catholics in Russia for years to get them behind whatever kind of thing. You know, the, the fight in Syria, they were pouring holy water on their airplanes. They were turning it into this Catholic holy war in Syria from the Russian standpoint because they knew they'd get support. So Zakir Khan, leader of the Portland Council on American-Islamic Relations, he mocked Andy No and his attack. And he also said, Michelle Malkin is raising money for Andy. Her last targeting of us resulted in us getting more death threats. She is upset that we blocked her because death threats are tiresome to deal with. Michelle, why don't you raise money for us? Well, it, it's, it's going to go on. We have to realize that the fight for communism, the fight for radical Islam in tandem with communism, that's going to keep pushing along. Because the goal is to destroy America. The goal is just to destroy any democracy, for lack of a better term, constitutional republic in our, in our regards, but any sort of democracy-styled government that is based on a Judeo-Christian idea. Everything you're seeing in Israel is similar to what you're seeing in here, here in America. Southern border. Look at Gaza. Look at Palestinians flooding and attacking the border. Same thing here. If you are an internationalist, if you want a one world order, if you want a global union and you want to do it under the guise of communism, maybe it's China that would be the one to head this up. You know, because I don't think Russia is as organized and as crafty as, you know, they're crafty as far as disinformation campaigns and things of that nature. But the way China is technologically advancing, you know, you got to realize Russia and China will make an alliance together because the goal is what's called com intern. That's communist international, no borders. It's like a UN of communist uh, countries. And so whether it's the United Nations themselves or whether it's some sort of global union headed up by the Chinese or in concert with the Russians, it's going to come down to that. But you can't go, you can't make that happen with a strong America, a strong American economy. That's why you had Obama in office destroying the economy, putting things like Obamacare through that had provisions that incentivized businesses to switch all of their low-level employees to part-time employees to comport with the Obamacare rules. You know, if you didn't, ha if you went over a certain amount of hours, you were considered a full-time employee, well... It would behoove a, a company to go, you know what? We can take those positions, cut them in half, and then we've got a ton of part-times instead of a few full-times. We're still paying the same amount. We just have more staff, and we also fall under the guidelines of whether or not we need to pay for health care, which is a huge expense. And so those people on the bottom are suddenly livid. Oh, look what the company did. And then they can blame it on the company. They can say, look at their evil corporation. They just took your job and ruined it. When it was the government's infiltration, the government's intrusion that caused all that to happen. So economically stifle our country through 
climate change provisions that are so far out of reach, not technologically sound. These are things that they want to do so that we are comportable, we are compatible, and we can easily submit to a global union. And that's what you have on the left. And they're going to do this at every angle. And the corporations aren't helping. I mean, even just look at the little, you read the tea leaves. I mean, look at what, look at what Nike just did. Nike. They, they had a shoe coming out that was going to be the Betsy Ross shoe. I mean, hell, it's only Independence Day. Why not? Well, Colin Kaepernick, the crappy quarterback who somehow has a gig with these people still and somehow has influence, which I think he has some Islamic background, you know, Nation of Islam, something to that degree. Well, this is from Fox News. Just don't do it. That was the message ex-NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick delivered to Nike over the planned release of a USA-themed sneaker, which featured a Betsy Ross flag on the heel. Nike nixed the release of the Air Max 1 USA after having already sent the sneakers to retailers because the protesting quarterback said he felt the use of a Betsy Ross flag was offensive and carried slavery connotations. Now, Betsy Ross, from my knowledge, and I did some searching around, I don't think she had any slaves. Nope, no slaves at all. In fact, she was a part of the Quakers. Her parents, Rebecca James Griscom and Samuel Griscom, were both Quakers. The daughter of generations of craftsmen, her father was a house carpenter. Young Betsy attended a Quaker school and was then apprenticed to William Webster, an upholsterer. I don't know that she had any slaves. I don't remember the Quakers having any slaves, do you? I mean... But narrative, hate America. Maybe this is just a troll because Nike had said they nixed the release of the Air Max One USA after having already sent the sneakers to retailers because the protesting quarterback said he felt the use of the Betsy Ross flag was offensive. So maybe it's like the Marvel movies where you get these weird social justice theme articles written about it. And, you know, Black Panther is the first black superhero movie when we had tons of black superhero movies in the past. Blade. You know, I made the joke, blank man, <laughs> you know, with Damon Wayans. Or, you know, Brie Larson, and Mar- Captain Marvel is the strong woman. She's going to put the smack down on toxic masculinity. And then you go and see the movie and you're like, where is all that crap? Where did it go? I don't see it in the movie. Maybe there was like a sentence said. Well, apparently the shoes were sent back. I don't know if they're going to go down to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's toilet bowl drinking detention center down there. Uh, for the for the illegal immigrants being housed in plush sleeping bags on the floor. <laughs> yeah, we can get into that if you really want to. But um, those shoes, they're out there. They were created. Whether or not they're going to be some sort of under-the-radar, limited-edition, bootlegged shoe that goes viral or not because it's scarce and people wouldn't want to buy it, Maybe this is all a troll. I don't know. But the fact that you're listening to someone like Colin Kaepernick, who basically said that the American flag is disgraceful because of slavery and wears pigs on his socks to basically give a middle finger to the police department and Black Lives Matter and all that shows you what kind of company Nike is, that they would give in to them. But then Nike, on the other hand, they support China. Hmm. We've been talking about China, haven't we? Hmm, Crazy. From CNN Business. Nike pulls products in China after designers spark social media outrage. 
in Hong Kong. Nike has stopped selling some products in China after a fashion designer's support for protests in Hong Kong sparked a social media backlash. The U.S. retail giant said in a statement Thursday that it had decided to remove some of its goods based on feedback from Chinese consumers. We have withdrawn from China a small number of products that were designed by a collaborator because this collaborator was somebody who actually had a pro-Hong Kong tweet. Now, what's going on in Hong Kong right now? Huge protest because the Brits are going to relinquish Hong Kong to China. And the people that live in Hong Kong under the colonial British rule don't want to be turned over to China. Now, granted, this has been something that's been decades, centuries long in the, in the making, but they could have turned around and said, no, nah, we're not going to do it because of China, how they operate. They're atheists. They're, they're destroying mega churches that actually there's a huge desire for Christianity by the citizenry, but the government is squashing that. Destroying mega churches, keeping Bibles from coming in, coming up with social media credit scores, using technology to micromanage its citizenry. It's ridiculous. But, you know, Nike would rather pick that than American sovereignty, than American freedom and values. No surprise there. This is from uh, Nike News. The Year of the Pig Chinese New Year collection brings together 12 years of Nike in China. To commemorate the Year of the Pig, the last annual sign representing the 2019 on the Chinese Zodiac, Nike is releasing a limited edition Chinese New Year collection that unifies patterns symbolic of all 12 signs into classic Nike. The Jordan brand and the Converse silhouettes joining them together to form a traditional Chinese patchwork called Bai Jai Yi. The two style of graphics are used to represent this throughout the collection. The first is a traditional geometric quilt pattern that is influenced by all 12 Chinese zodiac symbols. So we're going to give all of this attention to China because maybe it's because we want that, that customer base, that untapped customer base. But when you're basically seeding over your patriotism towards the country that allowed you to become the business you are, Air Jordan much? Well, then you probably should just get the heck out and we should be done with you. We should boycott you at every turn. Don't buy any Nikes. I mean, at a certain point, they have to be economically beaten because that's what they're doing to us, economically beating us because they don't care about conservative values. This portion of the program is sponsored by Cat Coolers. So rugged, it changes everything. They keep ice cold for up to seven days. Made in the United States, customizable, four different colors, white, black, yellow, even camouflage. Look, if you're going out on the lake doing some fishing, it's beach weather. Maybe you're going camping with the kids. Maybe you're in the Boy Scouts. Maybe you want to take the cooler out on the job site. For those people that work with you, this thing will keep your items cool for hours. Spring, summer, right around the corner, picnicking, outdoor season is upon us, boys and girls. A cat cooler will be your new best friend. Keep your food and drink fresher, colder, longer. Go to catcoolers.com. Use the promo code Adrian. Catcoolers.com. Use the promo code Adrian, and you will pick up an amazing Gibraltar-esque, sturdy, rugged cooler that will keep your items cold for hours.
So it looks like the Nike decision to be anti-American right before Independence Day at the at the bequest of uh, Colin Kaep- Kaepernick, who is the worst <laughs> quarterback in ages to push his anti-Americanism on a company and they acquiesced. Um, there was some eh, explosive consequences. You know, some poop flew in their face over their decision. I love what David Burge, he's at, at Iowa Hawk blog on Twitter. He put profiles in cravenness. Five days ago, Nike pulled a line of sneakers to appease China because the designer made a pro Hong Kong tweet. He followed it up with the woker the corporation is in the U.S., the more they're licking dictator taint abroad. Hashtag Dave's laws. I can see that. But Doug Ducey, governor of Arizona, he put this thread out. Today was supposed to be a good day in Arizona with the announcement of a major Nike investment in Goodyear, Arizona. And then news broke yesterday afternoon about the Betsy Ross shoes. Words cannot express my disappointment at this terrible decision. I'm embarrassed for Nike. Nike is an iconic American brand and American company. This country, our system of government and free enterprise have allowed them to prosper and flourish. Instead of celebrating American history, the week of our nation's independence, Nike has decided that Betsy Ross is unworthy and has bowed to the current onslaught of political correctness and historical revisionism. It is a shameful retreat for the company, and American businesses should be, should be proud of our country's history, not abandoned it. Nike has made its decision, and now we're making ours. I've ordered the uh, Arizona C- uh, Commerce Authority to withdraw all financial incentive dollars under their discretion at, at, that the state was providing for the company to locate here. Arizona, uh, Arizona's economy is doing just fine without Nike. We don't need to suck up to companies that consciously de- uh, denigrate our nation's history. And finally, it shouldn't take a controversy over a shoe for our kids to know who Betsy Ross is, a founding mother. Her story should be taught in all American schools. In the meantime, it's worth Googling her. And he's right. You know, a lot of he caught a lot of backlash from libertarians and so-called conservatives going, well, you're giving them tax breaks. And some people were saying it's a First Amendment issue. I'm like, there's no First Amendment to receiving tax incentives. And if you had changed the system away from a progressive tax-based system, then you wouldn't have this kind of situation. I'm not for giving tax breaks to bring people in. I'm for allowing some sort of governorship to create a tax environment, a tax culture that makes it pro-business. I'm not for picking and choosing which ones should get a tax break to lure them in. But it is a competitive situation out there, and progressive tax law, that's how you use it, I guess. But you know what? Good on him to say, yeah, we made some, some, you know, we gave you some, uh, a little bit of leeway here and there. We're not going to do that for you now. Screw you. That's not saying they can't set up shop in Arizona. They're just not going to get the help of the government. And I'm completely 100% fine with that. Now, sponsor for this portion of the program is Patriot Mobile. If you want to support a cell phone company who has your best interest at hand, cell phone company that will give you great service, but then at the same time, they donate to causes that you dig, like the Second Amendment, pro-Second Amendment groups. How about against Planned Parenthood? Some of these other big companies, they support them. How about getting your service, and in doing so, you are also supporting liberty, freedom, and groups who have that 
and your best interest in mind. PatriotMobile.com is where you go and get your service switched to a great company. PatriotMobile.com slash Mojo50. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Mojo50. Well, if there was any wonder about corporate socialism and corporate America that is siding with other countries, it would be what we just saw with Nike. But check this out. It's also within the Democrat Party because look at Keith Ellison. Yeah, Keith Ellison, he is uh, attorney general in uh, Minnesota. He's got a storied past. Basically, Nation of Islam. Uh, he met with the Ayatollah. I mean, yeah. Well, he tweeted this out. Awesome day in London, especially meeting with the Honorable Jeremy Corbyn, a true grassroots organizer. For those who don't know who Jeremy Corbyn is, yeah, he's uh, head of the Labor Party. And the Labor Party is basically a British uh, communist-styled party. I mean, if you really break it down, very anti-Semitic. This is from the Gadsden Institute. Jeremy Corbyn, a pro-terrorist prime minister? Sadly, ever since Corbyn's unexpected election as leader in 2015 and the rapid growth in the number of far-left members who adulate him, anti-Semitism has become the core identifying characteristic of the Labor Party. The evidence for massive anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism in breach of some clauses of the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance definition of anti-Semitism recognized after a long struggle by the Labor Party within labor ranks has been building for over two years. The dossier details 100,000 emails, including tens of thousands, showing how Labor Party officials ignored complaints that supporters promoted anti-Semitism. The former staffers told Private Eye the protection of anti-Semites was on a scale at the level the public does not begin to understand. Yeah, so you know who else sides with Jeremy Corbyn? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And guess whose seat Keith Ellison, uh, guess who, who has the seat Keith Ellison once had? That's Ilan Omar. These people are all being propped up by the left. You know, every time they go, oh, well, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is out there uh, crying about detention facilities and saying that they're concentration camps and that some of the detention, you know, people, the, the illegal immigrants that are in the detention centers are drinking out of, out of toilets when, and there's no running water when there clearly is a toilet sink facility that's clean, has potable water. When she's saying all of this stuff and quadrupling and tripling down on all of this nonsense... She also supports Jeremy Corbyn. I mean, they all are in lockstep together. That is why what you're seeing with this open borders policy, this outrage against the border, uh, border detention and, and the customs agencies that she's saying, oh, they got a private Facebook group, closed group that they're throwing around racial slurs and they're threatening to attack me. Well, it's a closed group. You don't even know whether or not these people are actual agents or not. But, you know, <laughs> the fact that she's vilifying them to the point where she goes to a visit down there and she says that she's threatened by the individuals who are escorting her through. Um. 
I would say there's a there's a concerted effort to vilify the border law enforcement agencies because open borders is what communists want. That's why you have Antifa out there as their militant terrorist wing attacking people who want freedom and liberty. So on this 4th of July, as you remember your independence, enjoy it with your family. Happy Independence Day from Adrian Slade. But remember, there are people on the march, whether they're violent thug squads who are vigilantes out there attacking people, whether or not they're politicians that have been elected into office, they are coming for your freedom, and we need to recognize it and stand up against it. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning into the show. Listen to us on Mojo 50 Radio. You can find that on iHeartRadio or go to mojo50.com. Every Wednesday, 10 p.m., you can also listen to us on the weekends, Saturday, 5 p.m., Sunday morning, midnight. Also, get the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Overcast, wherever podcasts are hosted. And be sure to give us a review. Give us a good five-star review that's going to help us go up in the ratings so we're more visible to others. You can also donate to the show. Go to patreon.com slash Adrian Slade Show. Give $2 a month or go to anchor.fm and search Adrian Slade. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Gab, MeWe, Parlor, Convo, Snippy. Search Adrian Slade. Follow us on Twitter at Rants Out Loud or at Adrian Slade Show, which is the official show page on Twitter. And you can also read the blog, adriansladeshow.com. You can also get the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel in your streaming store on the Roku streaming channel store. Be sure to download the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in.